I, I do want to say happy Father's Day to you. I join Ebony in saying happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, both in the room and online. I also want to say uh, happy Juneteenth to you. This is, uh, there's two holidays we're actually recognizing in our country today. Uh, Juneteenth is the newest federal holiday, and it recognizes what happened on June 19th of 1865, and it's when a uh, Union general went in to Galveston, Texas, and informed the enslaved people of Galveston, Texas, that Lincoln had signed the Emancipation Proclamation, and I think that happened two years earlier. So it took two years for word to get to all people uh, that they were free. And so we celebrate this holiday because we celebrate freedom. And um, I was reading this morning, I just finished Thurgood Marshall's biography, and he talked about our Constitution, how, you know, he gave a speech on July 4th of 1992, recognizing that on July 4th, not all people were free. Like, we recognize that, and it's a great thing, but we the people didn't include all the people. And so I think it's very appropriate that we also include uh, the Juneteenth and, and June 19th as, as a recognition of freedom in this country. So I wanted to, wanted to say something about that. I had to decide this week which holiday do I preach on because both holidays fell at the same time. So I had to decide, am I going to talk about Juneteenth or Father's Day? And I ended up deciding to talk about uh, Father's Day because I think this may be the first Father's Day sermon I've ever given at Murray Hills. I think I, like, I've been here way too long to even remember all my sermons. I know you remember all of them, but I can't remember all of them. But I, like, I, I think I've never done a Father's Day message, and I thought it's probably past due that I do a Father's Day message. And so we're going to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 today. I got one verse, three points and one verse. So I'm going an old-fashioned style sermon today. I want to talk about two things that are specifically mentioned in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And one thing that's implied, and I'm coming at it from the angle of what do our kids need from us as fathers? And so I'm, I'm really talking to the dads in the room. And I know, you know, Ebony and Scott both recognize that, you know, this is a complicated holiday in a lot of ways. Um, but I'm talking to, talking to the dads. And so if you're not a dad, you can still gain something from this. There's still something to learn here. But I'm speaking a word specifically to fathers, just like Paul in Ephesians 6 you know, he talked about children, obey your parents and, and honor your father and mother, and that'll go well with you. And then he gave a specific word to fathers. And I, wanna, I also want to give a specific word to fathers. And I'm coming at it from the angle of what, what do our kids need from us? That's what I've been thinking this week. Like what, as a father, and this doesn't matter if your kid's 5, 15, 25, 35, what is it that our kids need most from us? What do they need most from their dad? And um, Paul says it right here. He says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So there's two things he specifically mentions here, and our kids need these things from us. And there's one thing I think that's implied here, so let's break it down. We'll start with this one here. Uh, do not exasperate your children. Now, I, I've always found this, this verse interesting, and I did a little research on it this week. The NIV is the only translation that uses the word exasperate every other translation uses the word provoke as in do not provoke your children and some of them say do not provoke your children to wrath some of them say do not provoke your children to anger but the NIV uses the word exasperate there was one the common English version says uh, do not be hard on your children interesting and then there was another one and I forgot the translation but it said do not irritate your children 
And I'm like, that's impossible. Uh, like, you know, like, when they're teenagers, I don't even have to try. The way I dress irritates them. The music I listen to irritates them. What I post on social media irritates them. They're like, they're, no, there's no way. Now, sometimes I intentionally irritate them. So, I mean, that, so, I, anyway, I like the word exasperate. I think the NIV gets this one right. I think this is a great description. So, I looked up the definition in Webster's. What is the definition of exasperate? <laughs> It means to cause irritation or annoyance, to excite the anger of, and to frustrate. So, Dad, stop doing that. I mean, that's what, I mean, that's what Paul, like Paul says, dads, don't exasperate your children. And I'm like, when I read this definition, I'm like, guilty of number one, guilty of number two, guilty of number three. And, and sometimes, like I said, sometimes it's accidental, but sometimes it's on purpose. Sometimes it's in fun, and sometimes it's, I mean it, anyway, it's just like I'm guilty of all of those things. And so that's a negative command, right? Do not exasperate your children. I tried to kind of flip that into a positive, like thinking of from the aspect of what do our kids need from us? What do they need from us? And this is what I thought of, uh, encouragement. Like I'm thinking of encouragement as the opposite of exasperation. So as a, as a dad, what my kids need is for me to be encouraging. They need somebody that is cheering them on, somebody that is in their corner, somebody that's got their back, somebody that believes in them, somebody that tells them that they can. I mean, like, our kids need that. I thought about, you know, my father, who will be here in the second service. The best words that he could speak to me were often, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Especially when it was after I had done something that I didn't think anybody should be proud of. Like, and you know, like whether it's some sports thing, like, you, you know, you drop the winning touchdown or, you know, you walked in the winning run or whatever, this epic sports failure. That's a moment in our lives when we need a dad to come in and say, I'm proud of you. Not, and, and that's not our natural tendency. As dads, our natural tendency is to fix it. Like our, our natural, like when we see something going wrong, our natural tendency is to fix it or explain it. We'll do either one. We're good at both of those. Like we can break it down like if the kids didn't get the grade that they were supposed to get or, um, you know, they, they didn't get the job that they were supposed to get or, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with them or whatever. We're really good at explaining why that happened. <laughs> Because that's the way our minds work. We're really good at that. Now, let me tell you why that happened. If you'd have studied, I told you. If you'd have studied more, I knew this was going to happen. I knew it. I, 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 in that moment, and I, there is a time for fixing and there is a time for explaining. But in that moment of defeat, what our kids need most is, is encouragement. That's what they need in that moment. They don't need a fixer. They need an encourager. They don't need to, somebody to explain it. They just need somebody to encourage them. And I try to remember that as a dad. I think that's what that, a, a lot of times the way we exasperate our, our, our children, exasperate our children, is by over-explaining and over-fixing and all that kind of stuff. And that, like, that's not what they're looking for in the moment. They just need somebody that says, I, I believe in you and you got this. And um, my dad is, is one of the best at it. Like I, I try to follow his example because he's who I call. If I'm feeling low, I'm going to call him and like, Okay, Dad, what do I do here? What do, you know, because he, he's able to tell me, you know, I believe in you. You did the right thing. This was a, this was a good thing. Like, he's just, he's there for me, and he's encouraging. And I think that's one of the things our kids need more than anything is just encouragement. There's enough, well, I put it this way. They're hard enough on themselves. 
and I, I see this in sports all the time as I coach softball as well, the kids are hard enough on themselves. They don't need somebody else to be harder on them. And, um, and the world is hard enough on them too because most of us in this room, you know, grew up where we didn't, we didn't have to live out our lives on social media and our failures to be broadcast on social media and live forever online. Most of us didn't have to do that. We did stupid stuff in our lives and nobody knows about it now because it just went away because nobody posted about it and all that kind of stuff. Kids today, have it, it's, it's way different. It has a way different experience. And um, there's a lot of negativity that comes with it. Now, not everything on social media is negative, but there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of negative scripts that get in their minds that come with it. And we got to counterbalance that. We got to be the ones counterbalance it by saying, encourage them and, and building them up, not tearing them down, building them up. So that's, that's the first one. Do not exasperate. Exasperate your children. I can't say that word. Um, the second one is instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Did a little word study on this one too. And pretty much every translation leaves instruction of the Lord the same. But training is translated differently. About 50% of the translations use the word training, and about 50% of them use the word discipline. And I, I could kind of see where both of them are coming from. I actually preferred the word discipline. Because, again, I'm coming from the aspect of what is it that our kids need from us? What do they need from me as a dad? Well, they need encouragement. And they need discipline. And I know on the outset, you listen to that and go, aren't those opposite things? Like, that's the way we, we've come to think of discipline as a purely negative activity. Like, discipline is connected to punishment. Discipline something negative. And I say they're not opposite things. Discipline is actually a positive force in our lives. It's a positive force in our children's lives. And they need it. And as fathers, we should provide it. I, again, I looked up the definition. Here's Webster's. And this one's a little bit longer, so hang with me here. Discipline, the train, a training, so there's the connection, training that connects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties and the moral character. A rule or system of rules governing conduct or activity or the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior. And it's just basically, if you think of discipline, it's like I'm trying to help you be a good moral person. I'm trying to help you be a responsible adult. I'm trying to help you have good, solid character. I mean, that's something that we're called to do. As parents, that's, that's our responsibility. And as fathers, that's our responsibility to, to bring discipline. And again, it's, not, it's so hard to even use that word because we don't think of discipline as training. We think of discipline as punishment. But, but discipline is just, as our kids are younger, they need boundaries. Oh, they need boundaries when they're older, too. But I'm going to kind of talk like, think of it as guardrails. Think of discipline as guardrails. Our kids need guardrails that keep them safe. And as they're younger, those guardrails are much tighter. Those boundaries are much more. As they get a little bit older, the guardrails get a little bit wider. And eventually, they become adults, and they make their own boundaries. They set their own guardrails. And that's the, that's the hardest part of parenting is trying to figure out, am I, do I have the right amount of rules here? Am I too restrictive on these rules? Am I too loose on these rules? When do I loosen this up? When do I tighten this up? Every single one of us makes mistakes in this area. Every dad has made a mistake in this area of being, either being too restrictive or too loose because none of us did this before. Like we, nobody, nobody taught us how to do it. You know, it just, we're all kind of going at it. It's, it's amazing. Like when I look back at our kids, and I'm like, I wonder if my, 
I look at my parents now and go, man, they did such a good job. And I think, I wonder if they felt as helpless as I do <laughs> when I'm parenting. And I know they did. I know they did because that's, that's just part of being a parent. But um, I'll give you an example. I, there was actually two examples Wednesday night of discipline and why kids need it in their lives. So Scott just set this up perfectly. He told a story of how he, he helps Lucy not to cry. I want to tell you a story of a time he made her cry. Um, so it, this was Wednesday night at the pool party. If you guys came to the MH Kids pool party, um, and they brought Lucy to the pool party. And I was over there saying hello to him and, and talking, and they set Lucy down. And as soon as they set Lucy down, she took off for the deep end. I mean, just as soon as he said it, she took running over the deep end. And she's going full. And he runs over and gets in front of her and, like, is playing defense, like man-to-man defense. Like, nope, 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 Lucy, nope, Lucy, nope, nope, nope. And she got so frustrated that she started crying. And then he picked her up, and he took her away from the deep end. And it's like, Scott, did you not read the scriptures? Do not exasperate your children. You just, exa- you just made little Lucy so frustrated she started crying. You know, is he being a bad dad in that moment? Of course not. He's being a good dad. What's he doing? He's setting a boundary. He's setting some rules. She's not old enough for the deep end yet. She doesn't know what she's doing there. Lucy doesn't know. She's crying about it. Uh, forewarn you she's going to keep crying about it so when you set rules about social media when she's 12 years old she's going to cry about that when you set a curfew for her when she's 16 she's going to cry about that when you put her on life like that kids are going to push against discipline that's what they do they rebel against discipline we rebelled against our parents discipline that's what we do but we still need it we still need it and in some level we want it all right the other one that i thought of in this regard uh, you didn't see, because this was like last, after we got home from that um, pool party, it was like 10.30 at night, and I was, I was ready for bed, and I you know, turned all the lights off and went to bed, and I left the garage door open, because Hallie wasn't home yet. And uh, my daughter, she's 19, she's a sophomore in college, and I was thinking, three years ago, I would have never done that. <laughs> three years ago... I'd have never gone to bed if she wasn't home yet, and she would have had a specific time to be home. And if she wasn't home at the specific time to be home, I'd have been calling and where are you, what's going on. I'd have been texting. One time, I actually got in the car and drove, and I, well, that's, I sh- should not tell those stories. Okay, so, uh, you know, I would have never done that three years ago. But she's 19. She's a sophomore in college now. She's got to start making some of those decisions for herself. So the, so the boundaries have gotten a little bit wider. But, you know, if I would have woke up and she still wasn't home at 1 in the morning, what would I have been doing? I'd have been calling on the phone. I'd have been texting. I'd have been, even though there's not really, she didn't really have a curfew anymore, I'd have still been playing my dad role because kids need the discipline. They need the boundaries. They need the guardrails guardrails to kind of know what direction to go in life. And we hope that as they get older, they are able to put those in place for themselves. And like I said, every kid's going to fuss about it. They're going to they're complain about it. There's going to be battles about it. You know, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this. But in reality, we do want it. Like, we all want it on some level. We want to know that somebody cares enough about us to, to protect us. And that somebody cares enough about us to tell us no. And that somebody cares enough about us to, to stop us from doing things that, that are going to hurt us. Um, there was a, 
I saw this on, on social media. I think it was on Instagram somewhere. And it, it's a viral video. You've probably seen it. It's, it was the Jenny Jones show. I don't even remember Jenny Jones having a show. I don't even remember who Jenny Jones is. But she had a show at some point, And it was one of these talk shows. And it was a little boy that uh, was, they were having discipline problems with him. And so his mom, of course, when you have this problem with your sons, you take them on the Jenny Jones show, of course. And so they, this mom you know, was on the, this show, and the son was having the discipline problems, and they brought out a drill sergeant to kind of fix him. You know, the drill sergeant's going to come out there. And, and uh, of course, it was all done for TV. But what happened, they didn't expect. And I want to show it to you. This was sometime in the 80s or 90s when this, was, this happened. So the video's not great quality, but just watch this. You love her, right? Yes, sir. Now, you're not an adult till you're 18. Do you want me to be your daddy for the next eight years, son? Huh? Yes, sir. You do? <laughs> Why do you want me to be your daddy? I have no daddy. You have no daddy? Well, let me tell you something. Come here, give me a hug. I'd, I'd have walked off the stage too. I promise you, I had to watch that about six, seven times to stop crying. I mean, like it's just—I mean, it just rip your heart out when you see that because it, kids want that presence in their lives. And I'm not talking about somebody yelling. I said, "Well, that's where we got discipline all wrong." We think of discipline as yelling and fussing and complaining and all that kind of stuff. No, it's just structure, and they want that structure in their life. And that's that's just a perfect perfect example of it. Uh, the last one is not in the verse, it's, but I think it's implied because in order for kids to have encouragement and in order for kids to have discipline in their lives, they're going to have to have presence. And that's the last one I wanted to mention. The thing that, that kids need in their lives is, and this I'm speaking to the dads here, they need our presence. And, and I know uh, many of you probably grew up with fathers that weren't present for one reason or another. And uh, there's, there's still a, a sting and a hurt and a wound there. You can change that with your kids. You can, you can change that trajectory with your kids. And what I'm saying is our kids need our presence. They need us in their lives. They need us at their ball games. They need us at their dance recitals. They need us at uh, their, their band concerts. Uh, they, like We need to be spending time with our kids because we can't encourage our kids and we can't discipline our kids unless we have a relationship with them because the encouragement is hollow if you don't have a relationship and the discipline is just, just pointless and useless without a relationship. So you've got to build that relationship. And building that relationship means spending time with our kids. Find out what they want to do. Find out what they like to do and learn to like it. If you're lucky, they like to do what you like to do. But they don't always like to do what you like to do. Your thing's not always their thing. You know, I, but, but find out whatever it is they like to do and start liking it. I, about 10 years ago, I gave up golf other than a tournament. I said, I'm only going to play golf when somebody else is paying for it and I don't have to play my own ball. So I only played golf about twice a year during a tournament. Like, I, I, I'm just done with it. I don't care about this sport anymore. Well, about three months ago, Roman decided he wanted to get into golf. Guess what I did? Dusted the clubs off. Like, we're going, all right, let's go play some golf. You know, he's terrible. But let's go play some golf, you know, because that's something you like to do. The other night, 
I watched an episode of Kid Danger. Do you all realize how that show's the hokiest show on TV? I don't know if you've seen Kid Danger. I didn't even know that existed, but I'm like, that is the hokiest show on TV. No offense. I see somebody offended right now that I'm talking about that. I mean, I'm like, what? this is the dumbest show. Why am I watching this show? Well, because he was watching the show, and he was laughing, and he thought it was funny. So I started laughing at the hokey show. And I'm not using those examples to say, like, oh, I get it right all the time. I was using those examples to say, like, our kids just want us to spend time. And it's not like it's got to be real intentional, and we got to be having this serious talk, and we always got to have a purpose to it and all that. No, it's just like be around at dinner time and be around at watching TV and be around when kids are going to bed. And it's very hard for us to do that because usually at the age that our kids need that the most is when we dads are working our hardest to build up our careers and to, you know, to provide for the family and to be successful and all those kind of things. That's the time it's the, that our kids need us the most, but we have a hard time committing to them because and I understand we can't be at everything okay I don't this is not like a guilt trip or anything like that I'm just saying to the best of your ability as much as possible be present in your kids lives your kids need you in their lives they need us in their lives and so as to the best of our ability we're going to be present in their lives and it 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 doesn't get any easier when they get older it actually gets harder because when, when they're younger, it's like, I got my projects and my work and my stuff going on, and you get your stuff, and I'll jump into your stuff every now and then again. But as they get older, I got my stuff and my projects and my work going on, and they got their stuff and their projects and their work going on, so it gets even harder. So as they get older, you got to be more intentional about texting or calling or, you know, checking in um, because you, you, you're competing against two schedules, Instead of just one schedule. Or actually, you're competing against, depending on how many kids you got, you may be competing against three schedules instead of just one schedule. Uh, so be present for your kids. Uh, if, I was a, if I was a mean preacher, I would play Cats in the Cradle right now. But I'm not going to do that to you. Because uh, you, I, I <laughs> you, go, you go listen to that song on your own time, but it makes my point. Uh, perfectly. I'm not going to do that because we got we got barbecue to eat, and I don't want you crying when we're eating barbecue. So um, we, I do need to wrap this up because we've got a meal planned for you, and it is um, to say thank you to our dads. Although, as with any event, with saying thank you to dads, you still have to pay for it. So um, we're going to ask him for ten dollars a person for this barbecue. It's a picnic. The weather, I mean, could we have not ordered better weather? I mean, this is incredible. We were worried all week, like, that people are going to be sweltering. So we set up the beach room because we thought it's going to be 100 degrees outside. Well, it's actually really pretty outside. But we've got the beach room set up if you want air conditioning. We've got under the awning set up. And the cool thing about this service is you get to kind of rub it in the faces of all those people who are coming to the second service because you're already eating, and they got to come in here and walk past you and all that kind of stuff. But I do hope you'll stay, and we bought enough bar- barbecue for 400 people, and uh, we, we really need you to eat it. <laughs> so we really need, we really need everybody to stay and eat it. But the purpose is also that we would kind of stay and connect and hang out with each other and, and get to spend time with each other and get to know our church family a little bit. So we're kind of trying to be intentional this summer with engagement events, like let's, let's connect and spend some time uh, with each other. And so... You are invited to that lunch, which is going to happen as soon as I get done praying. Also, as soon as I get done praying, uh, just remember on your way out your door here about giving. So most of you give electronically now, but um, if, if you 
and you, of course you may have to go in there and trigger it on your phone if you want to do that you can do that as you leave and there's boxes around the the room that you give to as well if you're given by check or, or cash okay um, let me say a, a word of prayer for us and then we're headed to eat okay so let's pray Father, I do again want to thank you for um, your example as a father. Uh, your example, like when I read through the scriptures, your encouragement to us, your discipline of us, the boundaries and guardrails that you give us in your word, and just your presence in our lives. And I pray you help us to do that. And I know we will not do it perfect. We will not do it perfect. But I pray that you help us, uh, help the, the fathers in this room, Help us to encourage our children. Help us to, to discipline and train them in the right ways that they should go. And, and just help us to be present and to build relationship in their lives. Um, Father, forgive us when we fail in those areas. Show us grace. And uh, just help pick us back up and, and allow us to keep going. Uh, we're thankful for this food that's been prepared for us. Uh, this barbecue, and we're thankful for the time that we get to spend together as a church family. And it's in the name of your son, Jesus, I pray these things. Amen. If you are encouraged by today's talk, feel free to share it with your friends. Please also consider rating and subscribing on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more, please visit us online at murrayhills.com.